so today we are doing uh, srimad bhagavatam chapter 10 uh, canto 10 chapter 1 we had done up to uh, text 50 so we will do from 51 that is 51 verse onwards uh, in the last entire 50 verses we had seen the different stages through which krishna's birth has taken place i mean uh, how his father he had married so many wives and so on and so forth and finally kamsa has <coughs> you know uh, he's got that akashwani so we will carry on from there when a fire for some unseen reason leaps over one piece of wood and sets fire to the next the reason is destiny sometimes when a living being accepts one kind of body and leaves aside another there is no other reason than unseen destiny now this is a very deep sentence it, it only means very simply like this that when people they leave one body and then they take up another body why do they take up that body it's because of the past destiny that they have maybe you know in the previous life they have behaved very badly or maybe in the next life they have to get rid of their particular karma in a particular manner so how does a how does a person get rid of that so he has to take up a certain body so maybe in the next life he may have to take up a body of a snake we don't know or maybe he has done uh, beautiful things which you have seen in uh, bhagavad gita where a person after death he is a yogi, a yogi takes up a body either in the house of a brahmana or he takes a body in the rich household, whichever is valid. So it could be possible depending on what kind of karmas that are there. So that is what is called destiny. Based on destiny, a certain type of body can be taken. Thus, after thus considering the matter as far as his knowledge would allow, Vasudeva submitted his proposal to the sinful Kamsa with great respect. So, if you remember, you know, Vasudeva was trying to convince, trying to convince uh, Kamsa of a particular thing. And uh, he was not able to. Uh, Tatara, you will have to mute your mic. Uh, Vasudeva's mind was full of anxiety because his wife was facing danger. But in order to please the cruel, shameless and sinful Kamsa, he externally smiled and spoke to him as follows. So Vasudeva in the first instance was not able to convince Kamsa. So now he is going to speak something else. Vasudeva said, O best of the sober, you have nothing to fear from your sister. Devaki, because of... I just have to mute. O best of the sober, you have nothing to fear from your sister Devaki because of what you have heard from the unseen omen. That means there was an Akashwani and in the Akashwani something was mentioned to him that there is going to be the birth of Krishna who is going to kill him. So he is trying to pacify, Vasudeva is trying to pacify saying that don't worry about all these things. The cause of the death will be her son, that is what was mentioned. Therefore, I promise that when she gives birth to the sons from whom your fear has arisen, 
I shall deliver them all unto your hands. So, Vasudev is telling that uh, don't worry, when the child is born, I will personally come and deliver the child in your hands. Sukhdev Goswami continued, Kamsa agreed to the logical argument of Vasudev and having full faith in Vasudev's word, he refrained from killing his sister. Vasudev being pleased with Kamsa, pacified him further and entered his own house. Each year thereafter, in due course of time, Devaki, the mother of God and all the demigods, gave birth to a child. Thus she bore eight sons, one after the other, and a daughter named Subhadra. So she has given birth to eight sons and one daughter, Subhadra. Vasudeva was very much disturbed by fear of being a liar by breaking his promise. Thus with great pain he delivered the firstborn son named Kirtiman into the hands of Kamsa. What is painful for saintly persons who strictly adhere to the truth? How could there not be independence for pure devotees who know the Supreme Lord as the substance? What deeds are forbidden for people of the lowest character? And what cannot be given up for the sake of Lord Krishna by those who have fully surrendered to his lotus feet? Now these are the questions that are raked up over here. What is this that is happening? And why should good people, you know, they very simply, in very simple terms, this is what even today I was reading. Why do bad things happen to good people? It's a very common phrase which is uttered everywhere. You will find that the Lafayette killing that has happened in the America, when everybody was watching the movie, train wreck, a person got up and he took his gun and fired it to people around 20 minutes after the movie had started. Two people were killed and many were injured, seven were injured. So why did that happen? So the question that the heroine of the film has raised is, why does bad thing happen to good people? Now this is also the question which is here even in the Bhagavad Gita. Why does bad thing happen to good people? Why are the, you know, brothers of Krishna getting killed even before Krishna is born? So is it that, you know, these questions are varied. You will find that questions are sometimes so dense and difficult. Uh, Simply put, the question is, oh, is it because God wanted to come in the world, that is why he killed all his brothers? You know, people have this habit of asking these kind of questions. And uh, there was a very, uh, you know, uh, one of the very funny, I mean, you cannot call it funny because it's a very sad thing. Uh, there's a sort of a joke that had uh, I had read. There was a young girl. Now her mother was pregnant. Alright? So, now in India we are not supposed to do, you know, uh, identification of the sex, you know, while going with... So, anyway the mother asked that the uh, girl, and, uh, whom do you want? Do you want a brother or do you want a sister? So the girl says, I definitely want a brother. Now the mother says, why do you want a brother? This is, I mean, I, girls would normally say, no, I want a sister. Why do you want a brother? You see, I want a brother and he should be exactly like, whom, whom do you think she, should, she said? He should be exactly like what? So people will say, no, like Krishna, like Ram or something like that. 
she says i want a brother exactly like ravana <laughs> now the question was why ravana why ravana like brother i mean nobody wants a brother like ravana she says you don't understand ravana is the only person when his sister's nose got cut off he went and fought with that person and tried to you know take him captive he did that for his sister and then she said you know first and foremost let me tell you nobody in india is good except ravana even after he had the most beautiful lady in front of him he never went and touched her so <laughs> this girl said like this he did go and molest sita so i want a brother like ravana now see this is exactly what happens in spiritual we have this very strange kind of answers it is because we always take things out of perspective it's a perspective now the child may not know the reasons because they have not been given the entire story you take a small portion of it and you make a big mess of the whole thing so that is the reason why it is important to know the whole story she was not aware that how he was oppressing the people in lanka how he was doing all sorts of things what are the things that he had done she was not aware of all these things she just took that what particular portion where shurpanaka's nose and ears were cut and her brother gets very angry and he goes to fight lakshman and ram so that is all she took from it and the second thing is he he did not molest sita but sita couldn't be molested for a very simple reason that sita had the power of burning anything on planet earth <laughs> she was a superwoman she could throw a stalk of uh, grass and she could burn a person so naturally nobody could go near her so this is something nobody understands <laughs> but when it is presented in a particular manner you have a different perspective uh it's just like you know just uh, there was there is this beautiful film which has come into the forefront which is called bajrangi bhaijan <laughs> now bajrangi bhaijan is a movie about a small girl who gets lost in india and then she has to be sent back to pakistan she is from pakistan and our friend who is uh, who is uh, salman khan he takes her across the border without a visa and all that and all his exploits are shown and it is tremendous amount of you know problems that he faces so everybody appreciates the movie it's being such a nice film and so on and so forth so i said oh it's a very nice film so if you want i can give a multiple versions of it which you may not like so the first thing that i said was uh i'm just going to throw doubts you know doubts how doubts create problem by just saying one sentence what happens so i said uh, i'm just giving an example it doesn't mean that these are this is the truth it's just for understanding purpose how one thing can be distorted and you take one sentence from here and distort the whole thing so distortion can happen so how does distortion happen so everybody was praising harshali the girl and um, uh, salman khan and the whole movie and such a beautiful film everybody cried in the film and so on and so forth i said think about it 
the previous film by salman khan was also made with small children and this was also made with small children and now let us think uh, why is he making uh, you know movies with small children there was a michael jackson also so does it change the whole perspective oh my god it changes the whole perspective <laughs> think about it these are called doubts how sowing of doubts happen then i said think about it in this film he is trying to save a child and say i will do anything in this world to save you to take you across and one day in the dead of the night this person drives with his very big car over five people on the road killing one of them and injuring four of them the driver who was sitting in the neighboring seat is sent to the village and he dies in a very miserable way one of the witnesses is disappeared from the face of this earth the third person who was there is also dead so then what happens what is the truth so do we have some somebody who does manslaughter and can get away with it so does it taint the film we don't know here you have a person who can taint it so there are other things as well you know like you can change the whole scene in such a way and make it look dirty or bad so here also what vasudev is trying to say you know the the questions that are being raised over here they are raised in isolation only in a little way it's like a, a child is taking one thing out of somewhere like you you suddenly you know the tv is on and you have gone out of the room and suddenly you come and see somebody holding a knife in hand in the tv and say oh this must be the murderer we don't know about it so this is this is called distortion of the truth nobody knows why this happens so here the spiritual questions are why is this what is painful for saintly persons who strictly adhere to the truth how could there not be independence for pure devotees who know the supreme lord as the substance what deed are forgot forbidden for people of the lowest character and what cannot be given up for the sake of lord krishna by those who have fully surrendered at his lotus feet these are questions and the questions are raised because we cannot you know things cannot be taken in isolation then we have to see the whole picture so king parikshit has asked this question so king parikshit my dear king parikshit when kamsa saw that vasudev being situated in truthfulness was com- completely equipoised in giving the child he was very happy therefore with a smiling face he spoke as follows o vasudev you may take back your child and go home i have no fear of your first child it is the eighth child of yours yours and devaki that i am concerned with because this is the child by whom i am destined to be killed so now remember the akashwani says the eighth child the eighth child of vasudev is going to kill kamsa so naturally when vasudev goes with the first child kamsa says oh this is not the child i want the eighth one is what i am looking for so let us keep a track of it and count of it vasudev agreed and took the child back home but because kamsa had no character and no self control vasudev knew that he could not rely on kamsa's words so the problem is nobody knows why this is happening and why do the evil people do evil things does anybody understand why evil things happen in this world you know we can try to analyze it you can try to analyze why did this happen 
But why did it happen? Is anybody able to answer that question? Nobody can answer the question. If something bad happens to some people, now you will find, you know, that why did uh, Dushasan remove the clothes of Draupadi? For what reason? Does anybody understand that? Nobody knows. And why did Shakuni say those particular words to his nephews? Does anybody understand that? Why he said that? The whys and the wherefores can never be understood. And that is what is being mentioned over here. So the inhabitants of Rindavana headed by Nanda Maharaj, including his associate cowherd men and their wives were none but denizens of the heavenly planet. O Maharaj Parikshit, best of the descendants of Bharata and so too were the descendants of Vishnu dynasty headed by Vasudev and Devaki and the other women of the dynasty of Yadu. The friends, relatives and the well-wishers of both Nanda Maharaj and Vasudev and even those who were externally appeared to be the followers of Kamsa were all demigods. Now, the whole play is staged by all the gopis from Golok Vrindavan. They have all taken birth along with Krishna. I mean, even before Krishna is born, they are already existing over there. That means the whole battalion is already existing. The whole background is already there. You know, like now the main hero is going to come. After he comes, then different story will get played. But before that, you have to give a precursor, a preamble, so like that. So, once the great saint Narada approached Kamsa and informed him of how the demonic persons who were a great burden on the earth were going to be killed, thus Kamsa was placed with great fear and doubt. After the departure of the great saint, Narada Kamsa thought that all the members of the Yadu dynasty were demigods and that any of the children born from the womb of Devaki might be Vishnu. Fearing his death, Kamsa arrested Vasudeva and Devaki and chained them with iron shackles. Suspecting each of the children to be Vishnu, Kamsa killed them one by one because of the prophecy that Vishnu would kill him. Now, uh, you know, there was a very uh, strange incident which seems to have happened. Always remember Narada. You know, he is always having that ektara, you know, that one, one string instrument he always carries with him and goes around. And he is always seen at the feet of the Lord and Lord's wife, that is Lakshmi. So one day when he is gone over there, you know, when after you leave a temple, what do you do? You know what you do? You take something from there, maybe a tulsi patra or a flower or something like that. So what is the flower that was there available? Lakshmi always has got one flower with her. That is called a lotus flower. So he is carrying the lotus with him. And he comes to meet Kamsa. So he is having one lotus in hand and one hand he is doing that ting 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 and singing the songs of the Lord. So understand this, Narada is information. Is literally like the internet, you know, he's spreading information, Google of this world. <laughs> so, when he meets Kamsa, Kamsa is asking him, How are you? Everything is fine and all that. But remember, he is the enemy of okay, of the Lord, Kamsa. So, so he looks at that flower and he says, Oh, you just visited Vishnu and you came. He says, Yeah, yeah. And you know that prophecy of yours that the eighth child will get killed. So, which child is the eighth child? So he says, take this flower and tell me which is the first petal. Can you tell me which is the first petal in this flower? Then we will start from there. And the eighth one after that you will come to know. 
and the kamsa doesn't know what he is supposed to do because there is no first and there is no eighth in that so 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 then kamsa immediately understands oh he is telling me that you can't even count that the first child could be the eighth child so from which point of view are we seeing no idea of knowing isn't it so it's like that you know uh, when there are twins and twins or triplets or quadruplets are born which one is the first which is the elder and which is the younger can you say there is hardly a difference just because a one child comes say 5 minutes before or 1 minute before doesn't make the child bigger or smaller all are the same category but still we say i am the elder somebody will say there is nothing so this is what narada goes at does over there now you may ask you know why is narada playing this kind of a villainish game you know like why he wants all the children to die but that is destiny that is exactly how things are done it is like if something bad is happening let us say something bad is happening you want the bad to happen very fast isn't it and get over with it get over with all the bad things in the world and so that all the good things will start once again so we always have this habit of thinking that you know okay any which way i have so many bad things happening to me so let all of them come at once and finish them and get let them get off this whole thing so that i can start my day in a much better way so i can begin my life much better isn't that what everybody says so narada's way is also you know reflected in our own ways of thinking we also think you know let all the bad things happen and finish off once and for all so that all the good things will start so narada is trying to hasten the process hastening the process that is all he does king greedy for sense gratification on this earth almost always kill their enemies discriminately indiscriminately to satisfy their own whims they may kill anyone even their mother father brothers or friends now you know there are so many cases in history where the children have killed their own parents you know there are so many kings you remember shah jahan you remember jahangir you know jahangir killed his father likewise you know many of the kings aurangzeb and you know in recent times also there are so many cases where the father is killed where even uh, uh, there, there's a story where during the times of buddha the king of that particular place was a friend of buddha and uh, one of the devote one of the very dearest of the disciples okay he wanted to become the next buddha in line so what he does is he takes the help of the king but the king was favoring buddha so he plots with the king's son and they kill their father he kills his father and then this person who is a devotee of buddha plots with this new king to poison buddha and that is how buddha is poisoned he is called to the house of one of the devotees and there he is poisoned and buddha dies now think about it here even it's not only the kings that get killed their fathers but even 
the Lord himself in his avatar. It's the same case where Jesus is also concerned. You know, Jesus' story is also similar if you actually see it. In Jesus' story, it's a, uh, Judas who betrays him. Judas is one of his dearest disciples and he betrays Jesus Christ for a few pieces of silver is mentioned over there. Again, in another case, the devotee, the dearest devotee of Jesus, that is Saint Peter, he denies Jesus. Yeah, that's what Jesus says. You know, you will deny me before the cock crows many times. So that's hard, but that's what happens. So yeah, it's it's an accepted fact that sometimes these villainous people that are there in this world or even for that matter the good people may also deny this kind of things we don't know so it is all because of greed and sense satisfaction so in his previous birth Kamsa had been a great demon named Kalanemi and had been killed by Vishnu upon hearing this information from Narada Kamsa becomes envious of everyone connected with the Yadu dynasty. Kamsa, the most powerful son of Ugrasen, even imprisoned his own father, the king of Yadu, Bhoja and Andaka dynasties and personally ruled the states known as Surasena. Surasena was a very big kingdom which even comprises of the entire Vrindavan and Gokul and all those places as well. So we have come to the end of this chapter which is the advent of Lord Krishna, the introduction. So, now we will begin chapter 2 from the same canto, that is canto 10, chapter 2, the prayers of the demigods for Lord Krishna in the womb. (coughs) So, now this is the prayer by the demigods. Demigods are the ones who were born along with Krishna before him, and during and after his birth also, the people of the entire Golok Vrindavana over there are his own people from the Goloka. Surdeva Goswami said, Under the protection of Magadharaj, Jarasan, the powerful Kamsa, began persecuting the kings of the Yadu dynasty. In this he had the cooperation of demons like Pralamba, Baka, <coughs> Chanura, Tranavarta, Aghasura, Mustika, Arishta, Dvivida, Putana, Keshi, Dhenuka, Banasura, Narkasura and many other demonic kings on the surface of the earth. Now these are the stories which we are going to do one after the other. How these demons were trying to absorb people over there and trying to kill them. That is, you know, you will find that different different stories are there. You know the story of Putana. Putana is the one who was uh, responsible for trying to poison Krishna. Okay, trying to feed him poison. So, like that there are various demons who were associated with Kamsa. Persecuted by the demonic kings, the Yadavas left their own kingdom and entered various others like those of the Kurus, Panchalas, Kekeyas, Shalvas, Vidharbas, Nishadhas, Vidahas and Koshalas. So these are the various kingdom nearby and so all the all the people from this uh, nearby kings of Surasena, the Surasena was the territory, so they all wanted to go and live somewhere else. Some of their relatives however began to follow Kamsa's principle and act in his service. Some people they start following whatever the king says even though it may not be good or right 
you will find that uh, like paying taxes and so on and so forth. After Kamsa, the son of Ugrasen, killed the six sons of Devaki, a plenary portion of Krishna entered her womb as the seventh child. Arousing her pleasure and the lamentations, that plenary portion is celebrated by the great sage as Ananta, who belongs to Krishna's second quadruple expansion. That means Ananta is the, the Adishesh, this, this snake, you know that big snake on which Vishnu sleeps. To protect the Yadus, his personal favorite devotees, from Kamsa's attack, the personality of Godhead Vishwatma, the supreme soul of everyone, ordered Yoga Maya as follows. Yoga Maya is now going to get replaced over there. So let us see what happens. It's called the potency of the Lord, by the way. Yoga Maya is the potency of the potency means the power. The Lord ordered Yoga Maya, O oh my potency, who is worshipable for the entire world and whose nature is to bestow good fortune upon all living entities. Go to Vraja, where there live many cowherd men and their wives. In that very beautiful land where many cows reside, Rohini, the wife of Vasudev, is living at the home of Nanda Maharaj. Other wives of Vasudev are also living there incognito because of fear of Kamsa. Please go there. Within the womb of Devaki is my plenary expansion known as Shankarsana or Sesha. Without difficulty, transfer him into the womb of Rohini. So, the mother of Krishna, she has this particular baby in her womb. So, what does the Lord tell her? Tell Yogamaya, go and transfer the child in this womb of Devaki into the child of Rohini, who is one of the wives of Vasudev in Vrindavan, in that particular place. So, O all auspicious Yogamaya, I shall then appear with my full six opulences as the son of Devaki and you will appear as the daughter of Mother Yashoda, the king, the queen of Maharajananda. By sacrifice of animals, ordinary human beings will worship you gorgeously with various paraphernalia because you are supreme in fulfilling the material desires of everyone. So, who is Yogamaya? Remember, Yoga Maya is the plenary potency of the Divine Lord. She is the one who is one who is responsible for creating this universe. She is born through the womb of Devaki. Now let us see how this whole thing happens. Okay? So she is the one who is going to get praised because of the different sacrifices which she is going to do. Lord Kamsa blessed Maya Devi by saying, in different places on the surface of the earth, people will give you different names such as Durga, Bhadrakali, Vijaya, Vaishnavi, Kumuda, Chandika, Krishna, Madhavi, Kaneka, Maya, Indrayani, Narayani, Ishani, Sarada and Ambika. So many names, you know, she has got so many names that she will be born on this earth as the first plenary portion of the Divine Lord as Yogamaya. Later on she will be praised as various other avatars like Durga and so on and so forth. The son of Rohini will also be celebrated as Sankarsana because of being sent from the womb of Devaki to the womb of Rohini, he will be called Rama 
because of his ability to please all the inhabitants of Gokula and he will be known as Balabhadra because of his extensive physical strength. So he will be called as Rama. Now you know why? Because he is born in a particular manner. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very beautiful birth. And then because he has got so much of strength, so he will be called Balabhadra or basically Balarama. Balarama. He's got a lot of power, strength. Thus instructed by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Yogamaya immediately agreed. With the Vedic mantra Om, she confirmed that she would do what he asked. Thus having accepted the order of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, she circumambulated him and started for the place on earth known as Nanda Gokula. There she did everything just as she was told to do. When the child of Devaki was attracted and transferred into the womb of Rohini by Yogamaya, Devaki seemed to have miscarriage. So Devaki supposed to have miscarried. Thus all the inhabitants of the palace loudly lamented, Alas, Devaki has lost the child. Thus the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is the super soul of all living entities and who vanquishes all the fear of his devotees, entered the mind of Vasudev in full opulence. While carrying the form of the Supreme Personality of Godhead within the core of his heart, Vasudev bore the Lord's transcendentally illuminating effulgence and thus he became as bright as the sun. He was therefore very difficult to see or approach through sensory perception. Indeed, he was unapproachable and unperceivable even for such formidable men as Kamsa and not only for Kamsa but all for but for all the living entities. Now, the switch has happened and now Krishna is taking birth. He is called the mind child. Mind child is because he is coming through the mind of Vasudev and his wife. Thereafter, accompanied by the plenary post expansion, the fully opulent Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is all auspicious for the entire universe, was transferred from the mind of Vasudev to the mind of Devaki. Devaki, having thus been initiated by Vasudev, became beautiful by carrying Lord Krishna. The original consciousness for everyone, the cause of all the causes within the core of our heart, just as the East become beautiful by carrying the rising moon. Now, the child has been transferred. See, normally in the physical world, what happens? The sperms get transferred. But here there is nothing like that. He is called the mind child, the child through the mind. Uh, see, we, we will wonder, you know, what is this mind-child? Mind-child is potency which everybody has actually, but hardly anybody uses. It's a potency of creating something in this universe. Think about it from this point of view. You keep on thinking about one particular object. You will find that the object comes and stands in front of you. Now, let us say you want a particular amount or a money or maybe you want... A, uh, let us say a job how do you do first you know there are a couple of things that you need to understand one is vikalpa a thought process a process which is basically you can think about an object and say oh I want it I was going to eat this I wanted this or I wanted that but does it happen it doesn't happen you know why because these construct of the thought are very weak very weak in the sense you are just thinking, oh, it's okay, I'll, I'll go for the next one, or maybe the next one, or maybe the next one. That's it. You are not thinking straight. 
what are you supposed to do you are supposed to create what is called as the sankalpa sankalpa is a firming up of the thought firming up how does a thought get firmed up let look at it from this point of view it is like this you know let us say for example you are shifting now now you are staying in mumbai and you want to take up a job in bangalore or maybe you are staying in mumbai and you want a job in the it industry or something like that and you say okay i need a job so you need a job oh your chaprasi job is okay no are you not keeping all the options open no 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 you have to be very specific your specifications are to be you have to decide exactly how you are going to get that job let us say you say very clearly in your mind bangalore a particular location say let us say manyatra tech park i'm going to stay very close to manyatra tech park so the job in manyatra tech park maybe a company like ibm or some such type of a thing you have already zeroed on to the job company now you have zeroed on to what job i want a job as a, a particular thing you know maybe uh, xyz you have gone to the length of even for you know knowing exactly what the job is where you are going to be where you are going to be staying which school your child is going to go to how you are going to travel you have decided on the tra- form of transport you know this is called the firming up this is basically what we say as constructing the thought with a sankalpa in mind the sankalpa is the firming up we are laying a foundation stone the foundation stone is laid so that the entire building comes up isn't it but if you are just laying the stone and not even bothered about what kind of you know uh, things that you are going to use how is it going to fructify so to fructify anything you need to be very firm about it one example which i shall give you okay one second one example which i shall give you is uh, let us say take the case of satyavan savitri now she was following yamdev i am sure, sure you remember the story of satyavan and savitri satyavan is dead and yamdev is carrying his body uh, he is carrying his uh, soul with him okay and savitri is following him now savitri keeps on following him and Sat- and uh, yamdev says to her uh, you go away i can't give you your husband's body you know that very well no i cannot give you your husband so finally what happens is he gets so frustrated he says okay you can ask me anything except the life of your husband so she says okay then you grant me some wishes so she says you know what i want a wish where i want to sit with my grandchildren i want to sit with my grandchildren eating a very hearty meal in the golden plates and enjoying the meal and yamdev says done all your things are granted and then he looks at her and she is still following she says uh, he asks her why are you following me now she says you granted me no now you have to give me back my husband this is what do you mean by i should so he says she says didn't i didn't you grant me that i can have grandchildren how can i have grandchildren if i don't have my husband with me 
can you imagine she is talking about eating in golden thali that means they are very rich and very uh, you know uh, very rich family she has got grandchildren that means a, a grandmother and a grandfather eating with grandchildren is a great thing so in the house of uh, where everybody there is so much of prosperity goodness health joy everything is there in this world so in one single stroke she has eliminated the entire process can you imagine thinking like that to make a sankalpa so strong that you can think way ahead in time this is what is most important so always make a sankalpa which is so strong that you eliminate the current process why because the process is bundled in it's like a bundled software you know like you are buying uh, say when you are buying windows i don't know maybe you get office suite and this suite and that suite also bundled in you don't have to go and ask for separate separate what it so this is like that you know you you are taking in all those things into account this is the kind of sankalpa that is needed always understand this because when we ask we do not understand what we are asking for we just say give me a job give me money give me give me money okay i'll give you 10 paisa get lost is that okay <laughs> no you are not asking for 10 paisa are you you are asking for maybe a million or a billion or something like that so you have to be very sure of what you are asking you cannot just say i give me 10 paisa <laughs> just give me money okay i want a beautiful wife okay but what kind of wife you want somebody who is deaf and dumb no no so you better specify exactly what you are looking for not you cannot just say something and get away with it yes specifics so now please understand next in case if you have some demands in your world always be very specific about it you even have to tell the brand name maybe okay i want an armani suit <laughs> so be very specific thereafter accompanying the plenary expansion the fully opulent supreme personality of god who is all auspicious for the entire universe was transferred from the mind of vasudev now do you understand how mind transfer happens you create a futuristic position of yourself now and the futuristic position has to be very firm you cannot just say na i want to be king of india you cannot say these words okay because maybe you are thinking 50 years from now india will be just one small uh, territory maybe it will be like a small house because people might have expanded then uh, uh, gone to other planets for all you know the uh, another earth they have found somewhere i don't know kepler you know kepler's earth is there somewhere or they might have gone to mars what is the point in being a king of india and that time india might be just a small speck somewhere so you cannot say those kind of things you have to be very good in your own way of thinking right is like you know when when we were kids people used to say i want to become a doctor and uh, you know they will the children are definitely given some stethoscopes and stuff like that as a small the doctor kit if you remember you know doctor small doctor kit with an injection and stuff like that is given and children play along with it no you have to be very good in your thinking so that is the reason why mind transference from one mind to the other also happens like in the beginning i showed you how the whole story can get changed by just one line so think about it devaki thus having been initiated by vasudeva 
became beautiful by carrying Lord Krishna, the original consciousness for everyone, the cause of all causes within the core of the heart, just as the each becomes beautiful by carrying the rising moon. Devaki then kept within herself the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the cause of all causes, the foundation of the entire cosmos. But because she was under arrest in the house of Kamsa, she was like the flame of fire covered by the walls of a pot or like a person who had the knowledge but cannot distribute it to the world for the benefit of the human society. Everybody is born on this planet Earth so that they can benefit other people. You see, everybody, those who are the, one of the divine potencies of the Lord, have come in this world so that they can be of help to each and every person over here. But those who are like Kamsa are specific about their own causes. They are called the demonic people. The demonics are bothered about their own selves. They have a very strong ego, arrogance, those kind of things in the core of their heart. Whereas those who want to help the world are born with divine potencies so that they can help everybody around. Because the Supreme Personality of Godhead was within her womb, Devaki illuminated the entire atmosphere in the place where she was confined. Seeing a jubilant, pure and smiling comes a thought, the Supreme Personality of Godhead Vishnu who is now within her will kill me. Devaki has never before looked so brilliant and jubilant. Kamsa thought, what is my duty now? The Supreme Lord who knows his purpose will not give up his prowess. Devaki is a woman. She is my sister and moreover she is now pregnant. If I kill her, my reputation, opulence and duration of life will certainly be vanquished. Now both are thinking, one Kamsa on one side and another one is Vasudeva on the other side. Vasudeva is thinking, now what am I to do? This child is going to be born. And there Kamsa is thinking, what is this that I have done to my sister? I have imprisoned her. I am trying to kill all her children. This is not a done thing. A person who is very cruel is regarded as dead even while living. For while he is living or after his death, everyone condemns him. And after the death of a person in the bodily concept of life, he is undoubtedly transferred to the hell known as Andhatma. So, it's a known fact, you know, those who act villainish in this life, they have to go to a particular hell. Sukhdev Goswami said, deliberating in this way, Kamsa, although determined to continue the enmity towards the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Refrained from vicious cleaning of his sister, killing of his sister, he decided to wait until the Lord was born and then do what was needed. While sitting on his throne or in his sitting room, while lying on his bed or indeed while situated anywhere, while eating, sleeping or walking, Kamsa saw only his enemy, the Supreme Lord Rishikesh. In other words, by thinking about the all-pervading enemy, Kamsa became unfavorably Krishna conscious. That means what happens? You keep on thinking about one particular object, and the object becomes you, isn't it? So you get merged in that object. The more you think about that object, you know, that's what I said to you just now. You think about something very strongly, it's your sankalpa. When you do a sankalpa, the sankalpa gets fulfilled. It is basically you have laid a foundation stone for the future to become what you want it to be. So that is what happens to Kamsa. Kamsa is constantly thinking of the Lord. How am I to kill him? What am I supposed to do? Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva accompanied by great sages like Narada, Devala and Vyasa and other demigods like Indra, Chandra, Varuna invisibly approached the room of Devaki where all joined in offering their respectful obeisance and power prayer to please the person, Supreme Personality of Godhead who can bestow blessings upon everyone. So now the Lord is going to be born so all the other divine deities they all gather together that is Brahma, Vishnu, Brahma and Shiva and every other person. The demigods prayed 
Oh Lord, you never deviate from your vow, which is always perfect because wherever you decide is perfectly correct and cannot be stopped by anyone. Being present in three phases of cosmic manifestation, creation, maintenance and annihilation, you are the supreme truth. Indeed, unless one is completely truthful, one cannot achieve your favor, which therefore cannot be achieved by hypocrites. You are the active principle, the real truth of all the ingredients of creation. And therefore you are known as Antaryami, the inner force. You are equal to everyone and from your instructions apply for everyone, for all time. You are the beginning of all the truth. Therefore offering our obeisance we surrender unto you. Kindly give us protection. This, this line will t- tell you that the Lord is always full of truth. He always, if he has promised something, he says, you know, that I will appear on this planet earth to take, uh, you know, get rid of this particular thing. He definitely does do that. Anytime when the Lord has promised anybody anything, he keeps his word. So the Lord is full of truth. But there is a lot of untruth in this world. The one thing which is not tolerated by the Lord is untruth. And that is the reason why he says, Indeed, unless one is completely truthful, one cannot achieve the favor of the Supreme Divine Consciousness, which therefore cannot be achieved by hypocrites. Those who tell falsehood, those who get away with lies, they are called hypocrites and they are not supposed to do that. So, therefore they are offering the obeisance unto the Lord and they are, you know, asking Him to be there. The body, the total body and the individual body of all the same composition. And may figure it will be called the original tree. From this tree which fully depends on the ground of material nature comes two kinds of fruit. The enjoyment of happiness and the suffering or distress. The cause of the tree formulating its true root Three roots in association with the three modes of the material nature, goodness, passion and ignorance. Now I am going to complete this verse and then I am going to give you an in-depth explanation of this. The fruits of bodily happiness have four tastes. Religiosity, economic development, sense gratification and liberation. Which are experienced through five senses and according knowledge in the midst of six circumstances. Lamentation, illusion, old age, death, hunger and thirst. The seven layers of bark covering the tree are skin, blood, muscle, fat, bone, marrow and semen. And the eight branches of the tree are five gross and three subtle elements. Earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, intelligence and false ego. The tree of the body has nine hollows. The eyes, the ears, the nostrils, the mouth, the rectum and the genitals. And ten leaves, the ten airs passing through the body. In this tree of the body there are two birds. One is the individual soul and the other is called the super soul. Now, why is this big verse over here? The 27th verse of chapter 2, which is the prayer by the demigods in Canto 10, is a very very important verse. Now, what is this verse all about? This verse tells us, what is this body all about? You know, what we always do is, we think body is separate from the divine. The divine is not separate from the body. The body and the divine is one and the same. They form a homogeneous layer. They are intertwined with each other. It's like an enmeshing. They are enmeshed like this. You see, without that you cannot have a fabric. You know fabric? When you have the waft and the weft, this way and this way, then only it is a fabric. Otherwise it is nothing but a thread. So think, imagine like that, the warp and the web, both are part of the 
human being or for that matter anybody who is born on this planet earth so here the verse is telling you that the divine lord is taking up a body the body has as much significance as the one inside it now you cannot call inside it because the lord is everywhere right but using it now think about it you have a computer and you have a mouse do you know there is a pointer somewhere you know when you move the mouse you see the pointer isn't it the pointer is the one which is pointing towards the computer somewhere we can pinpoint something so assume that this body of krishna is like this mouse or the pointer inside it is pointing towards some object it could be the body of krishna but can you separate out this from the entire computer no you cannot because they form an integral part of the one so what is he going to do we are going to try to understand what this body and this soul is all about the body and the individual body and the composition are one and the same that is the total body it's all the whole thing is called one it will be called the original tree now he is going to make it into an original tree remember the verse from the bhagavad gita it talks about the tree ashwatha isn't it the tree so the people tree so how does it go about over there this tree will fully depend on the ground of the material nature and it bears two kinds of fruit a human being who has this tree which is the body it bears two kinds of fruit one which is full of happiness and one which is full of sorrow it can yield both kinds of fruit so here you have enjoyment of happiness and the suffering or distress both the cause of the tree forming is three roots in association with three modes of material nature where does it come from the roots the roots are caused by three three sattva rajas and tamas sattva is all about goodness rajas is all about passion and the third one is tamas which is full of ignorance nobody knows what so you can come from any of the roots the root could be sattva rajas and tamas the fruit of bodily happiness have four tastes what is that religiosity economic development sense gratification and liberation dharma artha kama moksha i am sure you have heard of these four words dharma religiosity artha artha means money economic development kama is sense gratification and moksha means liberation the reason why you are born is because of this four these are the four kinds that you are going to seek in this world you have to seek these four things in this world what are the things that you are going to seek religiosity dharma you want to be a very dharmic person artha you are either running after money fame fortune you know those kind of things third one kama you are running after sense gratification you want to eat drink you want to have sex you want to have children you want to have family this is connected to the third one which is called sense gratification and the fourth one is what all spiritual people you know live for that is called liberation they want to be liberated in this material world they don't want to stay in this material world forever 
which are experienced through five senses of acquiring knowledge in the midst of six circumstances. The five senses are there. How do they do it? Through these six ways. Lamentation. We keep on crying. I didn't get this. I didn't get that. You know the lamentation everybody does. Merko ye nahi mila, wo nahi mila, main bikari ho, kamjor ho, lachar ho, bimar ho, those kind of things. Illusion. Illusion. We always live. I am sure, you know, many people say, in the year 1947, I was like this. Have you heard people say that? In your own house, you know, your father, forefathers will say, Hamare zamane mein ye bahut achhi achhi chize thi. You know, we used to have pure ghee. And today you don't have pure ghee. Okay. You have those kind of people. They live in an illusion always, constantly. Old age. You know, have you ever seen old people? They have got hundreds of diseases, hundreds of problems. More, the biggest problem of their life is what? They have false diseases. Have you ever heard of that? Their legs are paining, their brains are paining, I don't know what all things keep on paining. And they think they are dying every second day. They'll tell you, you know, I am going to die tomorrow. So can I? Oh, it's just gas, boss. And you are dying tomorrow. Gas is not going to kill you. <laughs> Take one, uh, you know, gas ka goli and everything will be fine. Aaj mola. But they think they are dying. So old age is, is a very difficult time. It's, it's a part and parcel of life. Let me assure you, you are young people today, but tomorrow when you become old, you may also come and show these kind of things. You know, remember that. Then the next one is death, hunger and thirst. All these are lamented, all these are problems in the world which people are actually running after. The seven layers of bark covering the tree are skin, blood, mucus, fat, bone, marrow and semen. Eight branches of the tree are the gross five, five gross elements and the three subtle elements. All these comprise this body. Earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, intelligence and false ego. The tree of the body has got nine hollows. The eyes, ears, nostrils, mouth, rectum, genitals, the ten leaves, the ten airs passing through the body. In this tree of the body, there are two birds. One is the individual soul and other is the super soul. Individual soul comprises of all these physical elements. Okay? That we have just now described. It has all the mind and everything also put together. Okay? Then, what is this divine? The divine is beyond the five bodies. We have five bodies, you know that, no? Starting from the food body, ending with the Anandamai Kosh. Okay? So, starting with these five bodies, this particular body is beyond that. Which is, all these five bodies you put on one side. Eh? And on the other side is God. The one who runs the whole system. Who runs this whole system? The divine God. And this is what you just need to know and understand. So, what we will do is, we will stop over here and tomorrow we will start from the next verse because this verse was long. So we will stop over here. Okay.